0: the Father, Son, of the Holy Ghost. We heard from St. Paul today these words at the beginning of the epistle. Whatsoever things that were written before time were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope may remember, for those who were here last week, that I said that one of the four aspects of, of Advent, discipline and anticipation of the Nativity and the manifestation of God that was made present to us in the Nativity, uh, is holy reading, uh, it is one of those disciplines of Lent, uh, I mean of Advent and Lent, and of all the Christian life, uh, and the re- the of <coughs> Those who put together the lectionary for the life of the church uh, mentioned, at least in the English tradition, uh, on this day, the place of Scripture as part of Holy Reading. Uh, So you need to understand that we are not a church that that focuses on Scripture to the point that Scripture is, is it. For us, it's the apostolic tradition that is the authority of the church. there are a number of aspects within that apostolic tradition for example patristic writers the lives of the saints canon law the theology of the church the liturgies of the church spiritual books written by those who keep true to the faith of the church and finally and most importantly because it's foundation stone of all the rest the holy scriptures so that is, the, that is the tradition. When we speak of the scriptures as being authoritative to the church, we mean it that way, in that context, as the foundation stone of all that we believe and hold. So those who were putting together this lectionary had that context in mind uh, when they played out what it says about scripture and consequently What I'm about to say about Scripture, and our reading of Scripture as a part of Advent discipline, needs to be always seen in that greater context, if we're to keep it true to the Orthodox tradition. The Bible is the base, and therefore, the Bible reading is important for us as a part of holy reading. Some basic points for us to remember then, just four simple points as we do this. you know, what I like about the Western Rite is we've got this lectionary that, that deals every day with, with readings uh, for Advent, uh, and another thing I like is that we, we actually take readings from the book of Revelation, which Eastern Rite does not do, uh, and I like the way they're divided up because they give us glimpses of heaven, visions of heaven, and they take that mysterious book and make it presentable to us, uh, so, so I, really, I really find it so useful. But it assumes that we are going to do a regimen of spiritual reading, particularly with that of Scripture. So I would say these things as you continue to wade your way through Advent. I believe it's already, two, this is the second week in Advent. Uh, we'll be through it before we know it. In any case, first and foremost, before you read, pray for illumination. Pray God to illuminate you so that you may see what the church and what the faith and most importantly, what the Lord wants you to see, wants us to see. Uh, <clears throat> you may remember, and I, I, I add this, you may, for some of you who are old enough, you may remember the time when comic books and the Sunday funny, funnies were part of the American staple of life. Because I mean, some of us couldn't wait for the Sunday newspapers; because we've got that entire section of nothing but comic strips and in those comic strips and even in the comic books uh, there was a practice that when someone had an idea they would draw it or, or illuminate it with a picture of a light bulb going on over the person's head so you knew well he just had an idea he just caught on so when we talk about illumination we would tend to think of a light bulb going on over our heads what i would tell you is that when we pray for god to illuminate our reading we're not asking for a light bulb to go over our heads we are the light bulbs we are the lights we're asking him to illuminate us manifest himself in us so that we may see and think of what we can see when we realize we are the lights so pray for illumination by the way in the church from the earliest centuries even evidence of this is in the new testament baptism was called illumination illumination secondly scripture the faith is not in error now we don't hold the doctrine of the inerrancy of scripture that protestants hold not because we don't believe in the principle but we believe in the principle differently and so when we come to this 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 scripture and this apostolic faith we come to it with the understanding that if there is an inconsistency if there's something we don't understand the fault is not in the doctrine but it's not in the church it's not in the bible the fault lies in us think about this what do we say when we try to excuse our sins well i'm only human see that assumes that error is normal for being human but what I would tell you is that error is a part of all fall of man. And therefore, perfection is what is human, and error is not. And yet, we make these excuses, and then we come to the Scriptures, and we find something that we don't understand, or we don't like, or it rubs us the wrong way, and it's wrong, and we're right. That's the way we come to the faith. But we can't do that. Do you know the first words of Christ were, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand." The first words so that assumes everything's amiss and people need to correct that and turn around and come back to god because i haven't said it in the past or you haven't been told you know repentance means to turn around and face god or to have a change of mind a change of understanding so scripture is not an error the the problem the deficiency is in ourselves which is hard to believe When we have in in the Western Rite, in the St. Ambrose prayer book, and some of you have this and use it, uh, an examination of conscience used before one goes to confession. If you haven't seen it, you should. I guarantee you that as you go through it, you will find things that you will just say that cannot be sin. It isn't sin. What I tell people is, well, while you're doing your self-examination, when you find these things, don't bog down. (laughs) Move on. Leave it behind. But I also add, I guarantee you, one day, you will open that book and you will look at those words and you will understand why that statement is in there. there we're the church is not wrong. We're the ones who are wrong, who are deficient, who are in error and need correcting. So we need to remind, remind ourselves that as we're reading, the scriptures will tell us all kinds of things that we just don't want to hear. But we come here to be a part of this, to be healed, to be made whole. A third principle sometimes we read these things that we need to let truth germinate to let it sit that's why I say just wait set those things aside just wait sooner or later we will see but we need to let truth germinate years ago I always love to tell the story Bishop Basil gave me a book to read because he wanted my opinion on, on what the author was saying Uh, And I read the book, and I was trying to be prompt. I tend to procrastinate, so I was trying to be prompt and get it out of the way and and tell him what I thought. And what I was going to tell him was not very very positive. But I messed up. As I mentioned last time, I'm not electronically inclined, so I messed up, and I couldn't even send him an email without deleting the whole thing. It took me an hour to write the article, and I deleted it. So I just thought, I'm too tired for this. I'm going to bed. And I got up the next morning, and, and it was funny. Through the night, as I slept, I was thinking about the book and about all kinds of things I had studied for years that were related to the subject matter of that book. By the time morning came, all of it came together, years of study, what the author had said, what the monk who had recommended that book to the bishop had said, all of this was coming together to me, and I had an entirely different view. Uh, Just as an aside, you can appreciate Gilbert and Bishop Basil. When I told him what I found about the book, he promptly went out and ordered five more volumes from that author and had them sent to me to read. I don't know whether that was because he had confidence in me or he was giving me a penance. Um, Probably the latter. So we need to let truth germinate. The things that we learn about the faith are going to take time to soak in. Sometimes we get it right away, but other times we don't and we mustn't be in a hurry to get it all yesterday. It's going to take time. For all of us, it's going to take all of our lives, but that's the very point. Our lives belong to Christ, and so we need to let these things germinate and not seek for simple, quick answers. That's what I call American Christianity. It's all instant. And lastly, read and reread. We will never master this material We will never master it. I've heard people say, I don't need to read the Bible every day. I read it once already. (laughs) Well, that's only the tip of the iceberg. That's only getting started. You know, I have discovered things in Scripture lately uh, that I never saw before. And I've been reading this book since 1971. And I'm just now catching on. Now, that might tell you that I'm a little bit dense, and I I probably am, but also it's a truth of the faith. Just when we think we've got a grasp, we are taken into a deeper level. For those of you who have read C.S. Lewis and the Chronicles of Narnia, remember the last battle, the last book? And in the image or the metaphor of Aslan, the the Lion of Judah taking the children into paradise, uh, they see paradise as, as in the distance and there's a wall with a gate in it, and takes them through the gate and inside the area is vast and at the back is a smaller wall and a smaller gate and he takes them through that one and it's even more vast and he keeps saying higher up and farther in yes. this is the way it is it's always more we never arrive that's the joy of it there's always more 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 so when we think we've gotten it that's only a glimpse that's why we want to keep reading and keep studying and re-reading it, because we want to be taken deeper in this. Some years ago, an Orthodox priest was invited to a group of Protestants to speak about Orthodoxy and to introduce them to Orthodoxy. And he started by saying these words, The Bible is not the Word of God. Now, you must have, you must, I'm sure, I'm sure that there were two things that happened. One, there was an audible gasp in the congregation. Uh, And number two, he had their undivided attention. Uh, In any case, he proceeded then to say the Word of God is a person of the Lord God and Savior Jesus Christ. And therefore, the Bible is a vehicle which introduces us to this person. And indeed, it's true. The image of Christ is woven throughout the scriptures. And impressed upon our souls every time we read. And so it's a vehicle. We are on a journey, and the apostolic tradition guides us, and holy reading, especially of the scriptures, guides us. And exposure to it is critical as we come to understand, have metania, change of mind, to think and understand the truths that God wants, the things that make for normal Christianity, normal humanity. We want to be normal human beings. Lord, that I might receive my sight, the blind man said. Listen to that collect again. Grant that we may in such wise hear, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest. That's what we want to do. So if you haven't started your Advent reading regimen, do so. And if you have, keep doing it and don't ever stop. <clears throat> Let it get deeper and more profound. Because at the end of all of that is the real mystery of life. God makes himself manifest in the light bulbs. You and me. And we become the lights of the world as his representatives. And that's really what we are here to do. In the name of God, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen.